Look at the weather. It's beautiful here. Non-stop rain. Oh, man, it is a blazer out there. It's cold and it's shivery. It is cold. Really coming down here. I really enjoy your weather reports. From the All Indiana Podcast Network. We're talking weather in a whole new way. From historical events to what's coming up. Plus, weather news, science, safety, fun facts, and more. I like where this is going. This is Weather Weekly. Weather Weekly with Wish TV Storm Track 8 meteorologist Marcus Bailey. It is episode number 7070. Another milestone here. Good to be with you. Middle of May. What a beautiful, beautiful stretch we have had here in central Indiana. Hopefully you are soaking it in here. I am meteorologist Marcus Bailey with Wish TV in Indianapolis, Indiana. And it is really, really good to be with you recording this on a Tuesday, the 17th. Uh, This will be dropping on the 18th. And man, Monday and Tuesday were about as good as it gets weather-wise. I call it the central Indiana in a sweet spot numbers into the upper 70s low humidity tons of sunshine just absolutely gorgeous gorgeous opening day for practice for the indianapolis 500 underway uh, yep, it is. Uh, it's a good time to be in central Indiana. No doubt about that. Uh, interesting podcast here for today. Today, um, we had some pretty quiet weather the last week, although it was interesting. I will mention uh, that uh, we tied a record for some heat. I believe it was last Thursday uh, hitting a high of 89 degrees. Didn't quite make it to 90, uh, but boy, were we close. And we were, I believe, one shy of a record on, uh, I, I believe Wednesday actually was the record breaker. Thursday, we were one shy of the record. And Friday was plenty hot enough as well. I think we were a couple of degrees shy of the record on Friday of last week. So some uh, unusual heat for early May. And boy, was it muggy over the weekend. Um, If you spent some time outside, I had baseball all day. Um, Actually started Friday evening with a game. We had a doubleheader on Saturday. And boy, did it feel like July uh, with the heat and humidity out there. So um, it was good. It was good to be out there. And then we had to actually... um, Cancel, well, not cancel a game. We had to end a game early um, because of some uh, lightning in the area. A few of uh, the storms that did pop up Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening. And then obviously we had much more widespread rain Sunday night, which we did need. We went kind of on a long stretch um, without some rain. And May is typically, and we mentioned this uh, at the beginning of the month in the uh, Look Ahead podcast, um, the May 2nd wettest month on record. So. We got some more rain chances uh, heading our way for the uh, back half of this week and eh, maybe into the weekend as well for parts of the weekend. So we'll talk about that in the forecast at the end of the podcast. Uh, when I was just trying to search for things here, since it's been so quiet um, across, well, not just here, but over much of the country, uh, nothing too, too significant except for the obviously the wildfires that continue to rage. Um, by the way, we mentioned a little bit about that uh, last week, New Mexico, the fires now that the, the there was two big ones. They've basically merged. They've combined now. It's now the, the largest wildfire in New Mexico history uh, that continues to rage as we speak. But as I was looking at subject matter here, um, you know, I kind of went back to the beginning of the month and the podcast that I did in some of the historical events. And I came across something interesting and in seeing if I could find any good information because it's an old one. Um 
about a tornado that happened in the city of Indianapolis and actually is one of the most destructive tornadoes in the city's history. It dates back to 1927. We're going to talk about that and uh, share some information on what happened and some of the destruction that was left here in the city of Indianapolis. That's coming up next here on Weather Weekly. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, episode number 70. Good to be with you here. I got an interesting one for you. Uh, Just kind of looking and digging through the archives here. Um, This podcast will drop on May 18th. um, And that is an anniversary of a pretty significant tornado that rolled through the heart of Indianapolis, 1927. Now, as you can imagine, uh, there's maybe not as much information as we would probably have as if this would have happened 10 years ago. Uh, but there's still some some things that we looked up on uh the internet and thanks to the uh, Indiana Historical Society for some photos um, kind of piecing things together Uh, this one was interesting though Uh, 1927 May 18th um, basically this was a tornado that cut right through the heart of the city Uh, it seemed like along Washington Street that was kind of the path uh, for this storm Uh, a lot of the the quotes I'm going to give for you is from the Indianapolis News uh, that was in circulation in the 1920s there. So uh, throughout the afternoon and early evening of Thursday the 18th, they basically had light rain over the city. Shortly before 8 p.m., reported by the Indianapolis News, heavy winds began to roll in from the west and southwest, accompanied by lightning on the horizon and thunder, which rolled like pieces of heavy artillery. Again, that's the quote from the Indianapolis News. As the storm approached, lights around downtown to flicker and then all went out May 19th, 1927, the day after the storm. The news would describe the incoming storm like the roar and hum of a fast speeding railway locomotive or a high powered airplane. The storm sounded it sounded its approach, but all too late because it did not give sufficient time to escape its wrath. Now, you have to keep in mind, consider the year 1927. You're not getting a lot of ways to communicate. And I think more important than that is you have no way to just dissect any information from the storm. This is still 40 years before the advent of any traditional or not 40, sorry, 20 years before the advent of any traditional radar that was used for um, for weather 
um, in the United States. So there's no way to track this storm. And the only way that you would know something significant like a tornado was happening is by eyewitness accounts, essentially. So the article goes on. The storm went over the city, caused damage from West Indianapolis through downtown into the east side. So it basically went from west to east. Um, As the storm rolled from the west, it was hit uh, the west side of downtown uh, and the area along the White River and Washington Street. The 250-foot stack of the water company's West Washington Street pumping station was brought down by the wind, severely damaging a nearby warehouse. A night watchman at the warehouse was spared only because moments before he had crossed the street to make a phone call. Only 20 feet of the stack was left standing. In the downtown core, damage was widespread, although not as structurally damaging. Numerous windows were blown out of downtown buildings, including windows of the William H. Block department store. Merchandise at several stores suffered water damage due to the blown out windows. And in in some places, the streets were littered with inventory and office materials, which the storm had swept out of downtown stores and office buildings. The near east side took the brunt of the devastation as the storm followed Washington Street eastbound in a slight northeastern direction. The news published a map depicting the route of the tornado and the damage in its May 19th, 1927 edition, which, by the way, I will post on my Facebook page. Um, So when you're listening to this, you can check that out. at Buchanan and Leonard Streets, um, this is near kind of Fountain Square. There was a religious revival tent set up by Pilgrim Holiness Church that was torn to shreds. Worshippers scattered in a panic uh, to homes in the area. Several worshippers received varying degrees of injuries during the escape. The Indianapolis Star reported that nearly every home in the stretch along Michigan Street from Belt Railway, roughly where Tuxedo, Tuxedo Street is, to Key. Street lost its roof. And there's another picture that I'll be posting on there as well, coming from the uh, Indiana Historical Society. Some of this is just utter devastation here. Uh, William Park took itself. uh, uh, I'm sorry, I skipped a a paragraph here. Along Washington Street found the same situation, although in some places, homes and businesses were entirely flattened. Near the intersection of Rural and Washington, the A.C. Hannon Grocery was destroyed. Its proprietor was initially stuck inside and reported to the star that he couldn't recall how he came to escape from the wreckage. On Hamilton Avenue, north of Willard Park, nearly a square block of homes were destroyed. Um, There is a panoramic photo from the Indiana Historical Society's archives. Um, It's not shown exactly where it is, but it is to be assumed that it's Hamilton Avenue, which was the center of the worst damage. Um, Willard Park took itself, had many of its trees uprooted or blown down and suffered the worst of the city's park system. The rail yard just south of the park also sustained serious damage to its facilities and roundhouse. The home of Ellen Bush, the mother of Oni Bush, the former manager of the Indianapolis Indians and the namesake of Bush Stadium, was located at 207 North Walcott and was severely damaged. The Indianapolis Indian Stadium itself on West Washington Street, which is the present site of the Indianapolis Zoo, also suffered damage. When the storm first hit the city, the outfield fences and the scoreboard were knocked down and the grandstands were damaged. Part of the damage was caused by the roof of a nearby rail. Uh, 
uh, road uh, roundhouse from the Big Four rail, rail yard, which was torn up and thrown into the stadium. The Indianapolis Star noted that the team had a game against Columbus on the afternoon of May 19th and that efforts were being made to ensure the game could be held. Uh, police patrolled the affected areas and soldiers from Fort Ben Harris, Fort Benjamin Harrison, rather, were also deployed to counter potential looters. On Friday, May 20th, the Star reported that each soldier had been issued five rounds of live ammunition and that the soldiers and police were under orders to shoot to kill looters in the tornado impacted areas. The Star further reported that the police and soldiers were patrolling under sentiment are uh, uh, under orders, although there was no further explanation of what uh, the orders might entail. So different time (laughs) in the late 1920s. Uh, Streetcar service was disrupted throughout the city, but particularly on the east side where falling trees brought down the electrical streetcar wires uh, with them and the roadways and tracks were blocked by storm debris. Washington Street in sections was lined with uh, uh, fallen trees and electrical poles. Telephone service was also disrupted and crews from the streetcar lines, Power Company and Indiana Bell were dispatched to repair uh, damage. So the final stats here, earned injuries exceeded 150. Um, considering the destruction on the east side was rather low, several serious injuries were reported, as were numerous injuries from flying glass. Victims were taken to St. Vincent, Methodist, and St. Francis hospitals, while an emergency triage center was established at Fire Station 20 on North Bellevue Avenue. One death was attributed to the storm. Two teenage boys, Earl Wolverton and Roger Frey had taken shelter in the lobby of the Arthur Furniture Store. Uh, That was at 2215 East Washington Street when that building collapsed around them. Rescuers followed the sounds of two not... uh, of the two knocking on debris and used a house moving jack to free them. Unfortunately, Wolverton's injuries were too severe and he succumbed a few days later. The Red Cross also established an aid station at 2325 East Washington Street and Tomlinson Hall was open as a shelter, although the use was limited as those displaced from their homes found accommodations with family and friends. So, uh, Again, pretty uh, devastating tornado. If you want to find out more about this, uh, class900indy.com. Check out that website um, there. Um, In terms of tornadoes in Indianapolis, now, unfortunately, the Weather Service and... um, the uh, the weather service the record the records do go back, uh, but they're not as organized as you would want prior to say the 1950s, and so basically they have everything kind of. Uh, broken out county by county uh, on the National Weather Services site uh, from 1950 to today, basically. Um, with that, the uh, there have been since 1950 to now to present day um, uh, 47 tornadoes. That's correct. Yes, 47 tornadoes within Marion County. So that is uh, here in Indianapolis. Um, That, uh, I don't believe I know. I think the last I saw was an F3 rating on that tornado, although I could be mistaken. Um, That would uh, equal the strongest tornado on record. It certainly had the most injuries. 
um, between 1950 and um, and present day, there have been a total of 209 injuries total of those 47 tornadoes, the highest of which was in 2002 in Southport. It was an EF, uh, an F2 tornado. It created $40 million uh, in damage. Then you'd have to go to nine, I'm sorry, 2004 in Sunshine Gardens. There were 26 injuries there. In 2008, there were 18 injuries in Lawrence, uh, to 1963, 20 injuries um, in Indianapolis. That was on uh, April 22nd. So, um, by far, the uh, one of the more devastating tornadoes. But I should I should mention there were no fatalities uh, with any of the tornadoes between 1950 and present day. So, um, this one was one of the more deadly, even though it was only one death. And again, over 150 injuries were attributed to this massive tornado that tore right through the heart of the city, right on uh, Washington Street and even went through downtown Indianapolis. So just thought you'd find that interesting. If you want more information, again, go to class900indy.com. I think the Indiana Historical Society as well has um, archived uh, photos and news articles, both from the Indianapolis News and the Indianapolis Star. documenting uh, both of those events. So make sure you check that out. We'll talk about our severe weather chances as the um, the precipitation chances kind of start to ramp up here for the second half of the week that's coming up in your forecast next here on Weather Weekly. Every business is unique and has a target audience. If you own or manage a business, Circulus Digital Media can help you connect and grow your customer base with turnkey digital solutions that are nimble, offering best-in-class results, service, and support to reach a bigger customer base, allowing you to pinpoint a specific audience down to the smallest details. Get outside the city, the state, span the globe. Put Circulus Digital Media to work for you. Get started now at CirculusDigital.com. That's CirculusDigital.com. Here's a look at the forecast for the week of May 16th. Uh, We started off beautiful, obviously. The second half of the week, not quite as nice. It's not going to be awful, but we're going to kind of crank up the humidity a little bit. Uh, And we'll kind of increase storm chances begins on Wednesday as this podcast drops. If you listen to it when it does drop the 18th. Uh, with some scattered showers and thunderstorms in the morning, and then we'll likely see some isolated storms, potentially some strong storms south of I-70 for the afternoon. Damaging winds going to be kind of the primary concern there. Uh, as we head into Thursday, I think a lot of Thursday is likely going to be dry. Uh, however, we uh, will likely see some pop-up or isolated storms Thursday afternoon with just some of the heating of the day. Uh, few and far between. I uh, wouldn't bet on rain for your Thursday afternoon. Friday, then another system coming in already highlighted as a potential for severe storms. Friday afternoon and Friday night as a more dynamic system starts to kind of ride through here and likely um, will carry over into early Saturday morning. We're likely going to see our numbers boosting into the mid-80s for Thursday and Friday. We'll cool back to the mid-70s behind the front on Saturday. By Sunday, highs will only be in the mid and upper 60s and that will likely carry over into Monday. So that is running a 
little bit below average for this time of year, but we'll quickly climb the ladder to the low and mid 70s by midweek for the 24th to 25th and into the low 80s, it looks like, as we get uh, to Carb Day, which is Friday the 27th uh, here in Indianapolis, a big party and celebration gearing up for the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500. Obviously, it's a little too early to talk about temperatures uh, that far out, although I can kind of, I'm certainly not going to touch on rain because that's way far out. Uh, The European Ensemble is saying for race day, a high of 80 degrees. That would be ideal. Uh, The GFS... Give me one second here. I'm doing this on the fly. The GFS for race day is going at 78. So uh, nice temperatures there, running a little bit above average. Tough to tell if we're going to have uh, high humidity or not. But as we get closer, though, it's something we'll kind of keep an eye on. As we get closer and closer to race day, which is about a week and a half away. So we're excited about that. Thank you so much for checking in on the podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, concerns. You can email me anytime, marcus.bailey at wishtv.com. I'm also on social media at Marcus Bailey on Twitter. And you can search Marcus Bailey Weather on Facebook and Instagram as well. Shoot me a private message if you have any ideas uh, that you'd like me to address on the Weather Weekly podcast. While you're here, make sure to check out all the other great podcasts, all part of the All Indiana Podcast Network. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week, and God bless. Discover more. Discover more from Stormtrackade Weather and Wish TV. Online at wishtv.com and when you follow Wish TV on Facebook. Plus, be sure to check out more great podcasts from the All Indiana Podcast Network now. Now at allindianapodcastnetwork.com.